Go Tenant, the revolutionary new property software built by landlords and trusted by tenants. Go Tenant is your one-stop property management assistant that will take the pain away from your tenant recruitment process and the management of your properties. From advertising your property to maintenance reporting, electronic signatures to full property management software. Stop worrying about double bookings and the hassle of unnecessary admin because Go Tenants is here to enable you to seamlessly run your portfolio from anywhere in the world. Go to gotenants.co.uk to find out more. So good morning, everyone. Good morning, Wes. Good morning, Rick. Fantastic no, to be on the show. Morning. Thank you for having me. We had a little bit of an issue last week, unfortunately. Wes was going <laughs> on, and for want of a uh, a better word, it it it, uh, it didn't work, did it, Wes? It didn't work. No, we got no. we got hit with the with the gremlins, but we managed to sort it out. And of course, we're back here, and that's technology for you, folks. You know, that's that's live for you. You know, none of this is pre-rehearsed. So, Wes, welcome to the show. Now we've got a bit of a different show for everyone today, um, because today is all about a different strategy that we don't normally talk about a lot on the show because we you know we bang the drum about HMOs and we bang the drum you know on how good they are and they are good mm -hmm. but you know it's really important to us that we make sure we get the whole picture with property and you know and this group the property group is no longer just a HMO group you know um we've kind of gone now full circle and we are the the property and HMO group so Wes you are a bite-a-let um specialist should we call you a specialist and i know that you you solely concentrate on just buy to let don't you yeah yeah predominantly i think we've got we've got two hmos in our portfolio but generally we, we started off our journey um with with um, buy to lets um, as you can hear the accent's not really from around this part of the world um oh, don't put my don't put my questions away from me. my job <laughs> Let's just go yeah. back a little bit. So, you know, you are doing the buy to let. So, at the moment, um, you uh, you are a full time property investor. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yep. So, uh, so two HMOs, but mainly your portfolio is uh, consisting of buy to let properties. So, first things first. So, what we like to do is, um, if you could just tell the audience a little bit about you, where you're from, and as you said, you took it away from me. <laughs> Your accent certainly isn't from Malvern because I know where you live. I know where you live. Um, so, you know, tell us about Wes. Tell us about your background, your history, and what brought you into property investing. And before you do that, folks, people that are watching, keep this interactive. If you've got any questions, type them in. They will come up on the screen. We will get them over to Wes. And just say hi. Tell us where you're from. Okay, Wes. So over to you. Fantastic, Rick. So yeah, so we we uh, we emigrated to the UK. When I say we, that was uh, back then. It was my girlfriend, which is now my my wife. Um, so we immigrated back in 2004, I think it was, uh, came over, we were meant to be here for two years. Uh, we came over with literally two bags of clothes each. And came over from where? where? From where? From, from South Africa. South so, Africa. Yeah, so we came over, yeah, from, from East Coast, from Durban. So we came over with literally two bags of clothes each, around about £3,000 between us. We didn't have any idea of where we were going to stay. We, we had about two weeks accommodation on a, on a friend of ours floor. And um, yeah, we just, just to experience the, the big, big uh, wide world. So we arrived and, and, you know, we got set up with jobs and started doing a bit of traveling. And then um, before we know it, before we knew it, we kind of, uh, our eyes were open and we wanted to get into bigger and better things because we always knew that there was better and big, bigger things out there. Um, so I got dragged along by my wife uh, to a, 
a uh, networking event, a property networking event. Mm-hmm. Um, I went a bit reluctantly, and, and basically we, we, we sat down and we went through, uh, it was a three-day event, and that kind of opened our eyes into the possibilities of, of, of investing in property. And back then it was more, more um, buy-to-lets. Um, but yeah, so then what we did was we did that course and come the last day we were sitting down and, and um, they were plugging another course that was in, basically a, a mentorship program. And uh, I got a little nudge from my wife to say, yeah, we've signed up to that group, uh, to, to that course. And I, um, when they mentioned the price, I nearly fell off my chair. And uh, straight away, I thought, you know what, I've got to make this work, really, because, you know, this is, this is something we need to do. So, you know, we, we, we got really stuck in, rolled up our sleeves, started investing, um, and, you know, we haven't looked back. Um, again, there's, there's two parts of the, the, the partnership, is myself and my wife. Uh, she's, she's definitely the brains behind the operation. Um, <laughs> behind so, every good one. Yeah, of course, of course. So, yeah, so we, we got in our way fairly early. Um, well, when I say fairly early, it took a little bit of time for us to get going. We purchased our own property first. And then from there we built the portfolio, um, and it's you, you know you did mention why we chose buy to let. Um, from okay, let me let me stop you there. Let me stop you there. Okay, okay. We'll come on to that in a second. So let's just um, you know sort of go back into um, you know your your, your past and and um, you so you came over from South Africa. You were sofa surfing. What was yep. your intention? How long did you? How long did you give yourselves before you said, you know what, we're either going to stay or we're going to go back home? So what period of time did you say? It was initially a two-year period. We were going to come overseas together and basically to tra- you know, travel, see the world, work, work in, in, in contract roles. Um, Nicole's an accountant. I, I was, I've always been in construction, so both handy uh, skill sets to have within the investment arena. Um, yeah. so, so as I said, it made a, a fantastic partnership. And yeah, it was just two years initially, and then two years moved to to five, and then five to ten. And you know, we just we haven't looked back, and and I don't think we we intend to go go back really. So you gave yourself <laughs> two years. Um, you both had professions back in South Africa. So let's talk about. Um, did you have any problems to begin with? in order to, you know, buying your buy-to-let properties? Because obviously you're not, you know, you weren't from the UK, you weren't UK citizens. Did that pose any problems? Because I know that a lot of people in our groups are expats um, mm-hmm. and they do struggle to get kind of citizenship in order to be able to get mortgages. How did you find that, Wes? I think it definitely has become a, a bit more difficult of late. Uh, when we started out, we were quite fortunate. What we did was we went down the route of, of purchasing our own property first. So what that did is then that, that basically gave us... Uh, leverage if you would call it because obviously the banks were a bit more um they were a bit more comfortable with the fact that you actually had a property you know you kind of had something behind you um that you weren't just venturing straight into into the investing arena um initially to to start off with we did you know we used a bit of creative financing things like credit cards and the likes you know personal loans um to help us out on our way and again the the, the laws back then were a little bit less stringent um you know so as times progressed i think banks have got a, they, they've definitely tightened their um their criteria on what they actually need um, how long ago were we talking Wes? how long ago was this oh we talking back we, we started well we purchased our own principal primary residence around about 2008 i think it was okay. and right then we, the- yeah it was right in the peak and you know fortunately enough rick again you know we 
we went to we, we were informed and we had the right knowledge the right education so when we did purchase our, our, our property first property we actually got a really good 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 price uh, there was a lot of negotiations that would, went into it so even though we bought at the peak we never we never ever went into negative uh, negative equity which was which was fantastic yeah, that's good. Okay, so you gave yourself two years. You came over with £3,000 in your pocket. You were sofa surfing. And uh, Nicole, hi, Nicole, if she's watching downstairs. I don't know if you're there or not. Um, she's about if, somewhere. <laughs> is she out, um, no, she so, might be downstairs with one of the kids, I think. Okay. You gave yourself two years. Nicole took you to a networking event. Um, you went onto a program. And what happened from there? How quickly did it all evolve? Um. Initially, it felt like it took an eternity, to be quite honest. But I think once you, you know, once you get the first one under your belt, and then you you move on to the second one, second one becomes a little bit easier. And as you move you move on, it, it starts be getting easier and easier. And, and I can honestly say that there was, I mean, well, very very soon after we started, we were running three or four projects simultaneously. Um, you know, as your confidence grows, you know, you can start doing more and more things. And also it's about having the right teams around you, you know, having the right builders, um, the right power teams, right solicitors, right mortgage brokers. That also helps a hell of a lot. So definitely power teams uh, and, and, and the right people around you definitely does help. And I think buy to let, you know, they're very interesting. Now, um, everybody knows, you know, and I'm not I'm not knocking any strategy. People know that I don't do that. I only do what works for me. Buy to lets are very interesting. Um, but we we invest in HMOs because we invest for cash flow. So mm -hmm. when we take over a property, it's easier, very often it's easier to refinance your money back out of a HMO. So when when we're talking about buy to lets, how easy is it or is it not that easy to get your money back out of the deal? Is it still possible? Again, again, Rick, you know, it's, it's about knowing your areas, knowing you know, you know, knowing your strategy. Now, we we use that exact strategy on on our um, on our portfolio now, our, our acquire uh, acquisition of properties. We we look in in areas that we're very very comfortable with. We know very well what we do is we we always um, look to to purchase uh, purchase invest um, refinance and pull out all your capital. So you can then obviously move on to the next deal. And that's why uh, we, we do three or four projects, sometimes even five projects at, at the same time. Uh, it gives you a lot more leverage. You can move a lot quicker. Um, you know, you're acquiring a lot quicker, which bumps up your cash flow very quick as well. Um, and we, we, you know, that, that's something that we do time and time again. And yes, you know what, there are still, there are still deals out there. You just got to look for them. And again, it's about creating your conduits where those deals come from. Um, and that's also very important is, 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 is being in the know, having your ears to the ground, being uh, having good relationships with agents um, and, and various other avenues. So I would definitely say that, um, yeah, it's, it, it's still possible today. You just got to you just got to look. And, and that's that would be my um, my um, my um, point to people that are, are getting out there that are looking at getting into it. Just just know your area and, and basically, you know, network. Get to know a lot of people because what you want to do is you want to create those funnels that, that people are actually bringing properties to you. Um, okay, let me on networking in a second, Waz. Um, while, while we're talking about you know the finding the, and you know the acquisition, let's talk a little bit about the numbers. So we all know um, that HMOs carry great yields, return on yeah. investment is perfect. We don't personally take on any property that's anything less than fifteen percent return because yep. we know we can. We know that you know our portfolio brings in a lot more than that, but that's our benchmark, and it's important to have those rules of investing. Mm -hmm. So. 
for buy to let properties? What sort of yields, what sort of return on investments do you work to? I mean, again, it, 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 it's different from area to area. Generally, I'd say a rule of, a rule of thumb, we, we look for roughly between 15 to 20% um, initial return on investment. We look at, obviously, once you recycle your cash out, it's an infinite return. Um, mm -hmm. Yields-wise, in, in our areas, you're looking anywhere from around about, I'd say, 9, 8.5%, 9% up to as high as probably about 12% yield. Um, look, we we buy, you know, in terms of investments-wise, that the properties are are cheap in value compared to HMOs. Um, yeah. I would say the reason why we like it is because um, with our strategy, we know exactly where the sweet spot lies uh, to achieve the the maximum uh, return. Um, we also look we look for on our small baby buy to lets. We look for an, on average uh, 220 pound to 250 pound return per property per month. Um, yeah, that's before tax. Um, so, you, know, you see, it, it, that's kind of what puts me off, you know, because those kind of returns are not sexy enough for me. Um, no, you know, and I'm not, I'm not banging the drum again for HMOs, but I'm just saying that, you know, 200 quid a month before tax, ah, you know, could you not do the same if you multi-let the house and maybe double yeah. your profit? Again, it's down to it's down to areas, which is something we are looking at doing currently. We are looking at changing a few of our, our single, it's two HMOs. Um, so yes, it is possible, um, but you know we we've always been you know we've always looked at the long term and and you know I think the the big thing for us is about re being able to re recycle your money quick, uh, which yeah. allows you to move quick. And as you're building little pots as you go, you know you're getting two hundred probably two hundred twenty to two hundred fifty pound a month on average. We have got a few properties that are higher than that, um, but you know that's what we always always aim for. And you know, you know when you, for the people that want to change their life, um, how easy is it? Do you think compared to HMOs to get into the buy to let market? Uh, look, look, you know, if you are looking to give up your job really quick and change your life really quick, then definitely HMOs would be something that you should consider. Um, you know, HMOs do bring their own set of challenges. Um, yeah. But you know what? If you are looking for, if you are looking for that that quick income. Um, like you say, a higher income and something that can replace your 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 income, your your job income quicker. I would definitely think. Well, I would definitely recommend getting into HMOs. However, you know what? They're a lot more work, aren't they? Whereas, of um, course, you know, it's it's like everything. You know, you get that balance. So yes, you'll get paid more with HMOs, but yes, you're going to work twice as much because you know what, folks. Mm, no shit. They're <laughs> not passive. You know, they are not passive. And we don't no. bang the drum and say they are passive. Buy to lets are a lot more passive. And and I can speak from both sides because we've got 28, 29, maybe 30 single let properties. Mm -hmm. uh, and I know both sides of the scale. I'm playing a bit of devil's advocate um, <laughs> you know, when we talk about all this kind of stuff. But buy to let properties are by virtue easier to manage, aren't they? Yeah, well, the thing is, I think also what you know with our strategy, we tend we, we've got a we've got a slightly mixed strategy regarding to our tenant tenant um, demographics. We tend to have uh, some LHA or DSS as they were called, so it's local local housing association, and then we've also got some privates. Um, and again, you know, for for us, it's worked. Again, I do definitely think so. So something that we we teach for for people that we help as well is is. Um, finding out your risk profile. Some people are totally risk averse. Um, now for those type of people, I definitely wouldn't say, you know, go out and buy a, an HMO first off because, you know, it could it could spook you. 
Whereas getting in a little bit slowly, testing the waters, getting into bartlets, once you're comfortable with that, then get into HMOs. Um, but, you know, I think the, the, the beauty about property is it, it, there's just so many, there's so many avenues that you can go down. Um, yeah. But if you are looking at, at replacing your cash flow, HMOs are definitely the way to go. And you've got to do what, what works for you. You've got to do what is right for your strategy. Of course. I think, you know, um, talking about buy-to-lets, now, you know, as a strategy, and if it's not immediate income that you're looking for, if it's not immediate income that you're looking to replace your income with, you know, I mean, history dictates that over time, property kind of, you know, goes up in value, right? So let's say history history does dictate that every 9.7 years or something similar, then property mm-hmm. doubles in value. So if you're going to go and buy a buy-to-let property, sit on it, put a, a family in and just set and forget, then that's not a bad way of investing your cash, is it? No, of course, you know. Uh, the thing is, at, at the same time, I mean, there are some people that we've we've worked with and, and, and spoken, spoken with and, and, and dealt with that you know they're quite comfortable with having four or five buy to lets um, and just parking their cash and just letting letting the, the 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 property appreciate in value. They get their monthly rent, which you know covers the mortgage and some, and and they're quite happy with that kind of a strategy. You know they're almost using it as a as a subsidiary to a pension, really. Um, yeah. And and there's nothing wrong with that. And again, it just depends on your your risk profile. Um, so you're getting, you know, some love hearts, you're getting some love hearts on the screen there. I don't know who that's from. Yeah, I mean, you know, here's, here's the thing, you know, just a shot in the dark, man. We're just talking about this openly. And this is what this show's all about. You know, of you course. could potentially, let's say potentially you went out and you bought, let's say 10, because it's an easy number, buy to let properties today. Then in 10 years time, that portfolio doubled in value. You could sell five, pay the rest off and have five income properties that are mortgage free. Of course, um, you know, that's, 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 you know, and I think sometimes it's a bit unfair. You know, we kind of we kind of like shove the buy to lets under the carpet and say, you know what, there's better cash flowing strategies out there. There are, but it really depends on what you want to achieve. You know what, folks, if you want an easy life, yeah, I mean, buy to lets all the way because you can. We've got people in our properties that have been there 17 years, you know, and we don't hear from them because they are just, you know, they just want to get on with their life. They don't want us breathing down their necks. So let's talk a little bit about the management side then, Wes, because we know that HMOs come, I mean, I'll tell you what, this is a true story. In fact, my phone, I don't take take calls from tenants um, because we've got systems in place. We've got staff, we've got an office, but tenants still get my mobile number. Now look at this folks, without a word of a lie, I'll show this to you, right? Last night, 10 to 11, 10 to 11 last night, I get a message, Great <laughs> mail message received twenty two fifty nine. Okay, I don't know if you can see that. I was in bed, right? I go, I'm, I'm in bed by now. I'm always away with the fairies, so I picked it up. I get up at five, so I was pick, picked it up at like five o'clock this morning. And the message was, I got home last night, Rick, and I saw a mouse in the kitchen. This is at ten to eleven at night. That's what you get with HMOs, folks. Now, I haven't replied to that yet. I mean, I don't know why they, they expected me to. At 10 to 11 at night, what was I going to do? Go out and put a, a mouse trap down? You know, why they couldn't phone the office and wait for that? But that's the mentality sometimes of HMO tenants, you know. I'm not putting them down, you know. And it's very polite. And he did say, look, I realize it's late. But that's what we get with HMOs. They are harder to manage. Let's talk about the management side of buy to lets wares. What systems do you have in place? What sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? What is the expectation of your buy to let tenants when it comes to maintenance? 
look, you know, you do get regarding our tenants, we do get the odd odd tenant that um, that tend to call up for the smaller, you know, the smaller things that, as far as as far as a landlord, uh, as far as a landlord is concerned, aren't major major fixes. It's you know, I would say on on once once a month periodic uh, maintenance, you could go and get it sorted out. Um, but generally, what, what I do is I've got a I've got a um, a team in place which take a lot of the calls. But ultimately, what we're looking at doing now is funny enough uh, that you've mentioned that we are actually looking at migrating um, the portfolio across to your uh, your uh, platform, which is Go Tenant. So right. um, that's that, that's something which we feel is is potentially a um, will be a, a thing that will make us more efficient from a from a management point of view and a management tool. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, we we do get the we do get the odd small things coming through, which you know we find it does take tend to take a lot of your focus off what you actually need to be focusing on. Yeah. Um, so so that's the reason why we are actually going to look at doing that now is migrating across to Go Tenant, um, and that will a lot of the calls will just go directly to our maintenance team um, where our where our portfolios are located, which will will take the onus off of us having to answer silly silly requests. I mean, going back to your your silly request that you got. I mean, I was I was running a a day probably about a month and a half, two months ago, and I was actually busy going um, and and uh, presenting, and also again my phone was actually going off the hook. And funny enough, I got a, a silly silly request from a tenant. They were actually requesting the the message read something along the lines of, um, "Where's you know just a small request? I wanted to know if I could put a." Um, a pole, suspend a pole in my bedroom. So well, said, so like pole dancing. Uh, yeah, well, that that was exactly my first yeah. first question. <laughs> I said, "Well, what sort of a pole are you actually referring to?" And it actually transpired that it was a laptop, uh, not lap, sorry, no lap dancing pole, a pole dancing. Hey, doing that, doing that last <laughs> week. I had to have a very awkward phone call last week from a tenant who um, uh, is a model. She is a professional model. Uh, and she was, uh, I got a call from my building team uh, because we're refurbishing the property to say that there's a lady outside naked in the garden and someone's taking pictures of her. So <laughs> I, I didn't go there, but um, I asked you know, what this girl looked like. And of course, I realized oh. who it was. So I had to call her and I said, you know what? It's probably not appropriate that you're a naked modeling in the back garden with plenty of other people living in that block. Because she, she admitted it. She said, okay, fair enough. Sorry about that. But you know what? <laughs> this is life, isn't it? You know, it's, a, it's such a rich tapestry. People do lots of different things. And, you know, we've cool. never had, I don't know if we've ever had um, any lap dancing polls. But what did you say? <laughs> did, you, did you allow it? Well, first of all, I just said to her, I said, look, you know, could you please send me the specification of the poll so I can actually see if it is something that can be installed? The weight of the person as well. Yeah, yeah. well, I wanted to kind of know if, if it was, you know, you try and help your tenants out. I mean, if there's something that's a standalone pole or it's, it's going to not damage the property too much, you don't, you don't mind helping out. Um, that's funny. I don't think so I've ever had a lap dancing you know, pole. I mean, other things, but lap dancing poles, is, uh, I've not come across that yet. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of just said to look, it doesn't work, it? so I'm sorry. Did no, you put it in? No, in the end, you know, with requests about brackets and things, and we say, look, you know what? We're not going to withhold that request if it's reasonable. Mm -hmm. But what we will do is, they will have to pay our maintenance team to go and do it because yeah. um, we want to make sure it's done properly and there's not a million holes in the walls and stuff. I think we've got a question here, Wes. Um, 
what do you guys use any software i think we've just covered that so yeah we do we have our own software folks yep. and if you haven't uh, if you didn't know about this you must have been living under a rock <laughs> our property management software is called go tenant i i put the link up there earlier i'll show it again you can get on to go tenant by um just clicking on gotenant.co.uk it's a tenant onboarding system and a property management system as well and you can have it for free for 28 days folks okay i mean i didn't come on here intending to plug go tenant but it is a, a a relevant question so so wes um i'm not going to ask you how many properties you've got because that's very personal <laughs> i know you've got a lot i know you've certainly got enough to sustain a full-time income and that's only going to get better so you've really started to invest wisely um if you had your time again um, and I know that the, the course provider that you went on, they do plug uh, buy to lets more than HMOs. And I, mm -hmm. I've got my own views on that. You know, mm -hmm. I kind of think, well, if you're going to do it, then just do it. You know, don't mess about with it. If, you know, if you can, uh, and, you know, if you can get straight into the HMO market, I personally think just go and do it because yeah, the rewards course. are higher. Um, if you had your time again, going back to the start, do you think you would have preferred to go straight into HMOs or would you still have gone into buy to lets? I mean, I think, you know, in, in hindsight, Rick, we'd probably have, have got into HMOs. But going back again to when we started, you know, we myself and, and, and Nicole were both in really, really good good um, jobs, well, contracts at the time. Um, money, I would say, wasn't really an issue in terms of your everyday income that was coming from our, our jobs. Um, so when we when we looked at, at the the at the, the figures of Bartlett, at the time, they didn't quite look appealing. Um, so that's why we obviously bought our first property, which, to be honest, uh, for the first probably three, probably two or three years, we actually ran it as an as an HMO. We were renting rooms out to friends, and and we were basically staying there rent free, um, and still making a profit. So then, what it did is it obviously pricked our our interest into getting into the property market, and we we figured that we did want to at some stage give up our jobs, and. Um, you know, having having the buy to let, like I said, you know, I know there was a comment earlier about um, the amount of profit, and you know, for people that are earning big money, two hundred fifty two hundred fifty pound um, profit per month doesn't seem like a big big amount, but when it rolls up and you got ten properties, twenty properties, thirty properties, you know, these kind of figures do stack up and they do start becoming big yeah. numbers for people that are looking at trying to get, give up their job. I know you've got more properties than that. Don't, yeah. Uh... Don't be humble, Wes. Don't be humble. No, no, but, <laughs> but you, you, you know, and at the time we we viewed it from that point of view where the, the money that was coming in was a lot of money, and you know, looking at single buy to lets was probably not the most sexiest thing on the table, and that's why it took us a bit of time to actually get into it. And and like I said, you know, once you roll up that kind of money over, you know, 10, 15, 20 properties, it does start becoming quite a bit of of money, you know. Yeah. Just becomes substantial, doesn't it? You know, when we yeah. talk about mindset, because what could you say to all of the people, and this is going to be, and this isn't any disrespect to anybody, but people that are watching this will be going through the what if scenario, and we call it that, you know, what if it goes wrong? What if my family don't get it? What if the world falls down? Now, you came from South Africa with your future wife and £3,000 in your pocket with nowhere to live, and you have got a a over you know a multi-million pound property portfolio starting from nothing now what would you what what's your best bit of advice that you could give to people whereas you know that are on you know that are in a much much healthier situation than that than you but they still can't put one foot in front of the other i would say you know some sometimes 
sometimes you've got to jump off the cliff and find your wings on the way down. Um, so what I would what I would say is if, if we could go back to when we first were going to start, I, I would definitely say we should have got in a lot earlier. Um, and that's coming from experience so far down the line. So I would say, you know, get in, but get into something that you're comfortable, comfortable with. Um, you know, some people, like I said, some people don't quite know what to do. So I would I would recommend testing the market on a on a smaller property, maybe something that might might be, I don't know, 50, 60, 70, even 100K, as opposed to buying an HMO that might be 200, 250, 300, 400,000. Because, you know, you can, if it, if it goes wrong, you could potentially recover from something that might be a 60 to 100K property. It's a lot easier to recover from something like that if it does go wrong. But what I would say is, you know. What about all the what ifs, Wes? The what if, you know, what if my family don't get it? I mean, that's a big one. The thing is, at the same time, you know, you've got to be, you know, you've got to have that, that pen, uh, positive mental attitude and, and, and look at the, the positive side of things. You know, you're always going to have people that disagree, that 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 call it haters as such, that people that, you know, think you were lucky or you just were in it at the right time. I would park all of that and, and you know, concentrate on what you need to be done, what you need to be doing and what you want to do ultimately. You know, once you've got that that focus and and the the end goal, you know, if, if you've got a big enough why, all the other, all the other bits, the noise I call it, all the other what if, what if, and buts and things, that disappears as long as you've got that focus and that that you know what your end game is and what your why is and what drives you. Um, the rest of the noise around you doesn't matter. Just go and focus on what you need to be doing. Really, that's great advice. You know, don't concentrate on what other everybody else is doing. Concentrate on what works for you. Um, and you said before, you know, it's um, we talk about lots of different strategies, whether it's commercial to residential, commercial buildings, whether it's service accommodation, whether it's, you know, um, HMOs, whether it's single, it doesn't matter what it is, do what is right for you and do what you want to do. Don't be pressured into doing something that, you know, is never going to be right for you. And, you know, it really, there really is no right and wrongs with this, Wes, I think. I think, you know, it really depends on the individual. Wes, we've got a couple of questions. Um, I've got a question here. Um, what was your strategy for starting out your portfolio? Did you buy one every six months, for example, and then see how it went over a period of time? Well, initially when we started, um, you know, we I think the biggest thing for us was actually to get a foot in the door and to get in, in on the game and get into the property market. Um, you know, we always had a, had a strategy on what we wanted to achieve. Um, and believe it or not, you know, that, that, came, that came very, very quickly. Uh, as I say, the first one took a, a bit of time. Um, we had to use various creative ways of financing, like I said, personal loans, we know credit cards and various other means. Um, and that was, I would say, the first one. The second one came very quickly after that because once you were comfortable with it, what we did was almost straight after that, we actually got a, an angel to, to help out. And it's something that we still use today. We still use angels. We still do joint ventures, you know. And, and yeah, so, so we started out like that. And then what we did is we found that it, it, it just – moved at such a rapid pace that like i said within the first i would say the first year and a half we were doing three four five properties at the same time you know that was buying literally stripping back gutting them you know refurbishing them and and retaining them so uh, again it's it's how comfortable you are as an individual and the speed and the pace that you want to move at and we knew with the strategy that we had we had to move pretty quickly to get to where we wanted to be it wasn't one where we could buy one property every six months. Yes, to start off with, we had to. Um, but I mean, there's there's been there's been years where we've bought twelve properties, fifteen properties, you know, 
and you know moving moving at that pace that's what it allows you to do and also mm. when you when you're constantly recycling your money at that speed it just it just snowballs so quick um so hopefully that answers the question yeah absolutely whereas you know what would you say to those people that are adamant that it's impossible to get your money out of a deal these days you know those days are gone that was all great but now everyone's doing it and it's impossible what I, what I would say is uh, for people that that have have that mentality if you would say you know I'm not I'm not knocking people I would say you need to try and look a little bit harder because those deals are still out there um I mean you know I, I get I get deals coming across the table on a I would say on a weekly basis even sometimes yeah. on a daily basis and you know some of the deals may not be fit for purpose for what myself and Nicole are doing. And we we actually sourcing those. When I say sourcing those on, we we are sourcing those on to to other investors. It's not something that that, that we actively do. We actually actively go out and do. But if a property p presents itself and it doesn't quite fit our mould on what we're doing, we tend to source those on. Um, mm -hmm. And they are still coming across. I mean, I've I I did two two properties. I did two last week. I think to a, a very good good friend of mine. Um, who's actually funny enough? He's actually starting out a property, and he said, "Look, where's you know, is it something you can do?" And I'm all for helping people. You know, people that want help. You know, I'm more than willing to help people um, because it's not. You know, we're talking about helping people, and about what, what's your thoughts now on continued, not education, but continued support? So I think it's you know, I think it's harder the more successful you become to uh, to to surround yourself with like-minded individuals at that level uh, and I think you know it, it, it continues to grow doesn't it and I think it continues to, to move up a scale the more successful you become what are your thoughts on you know continuing that help and that support um, what advice could you give people I mean I, I would definitely say get yourself a good coach good mentor because you know at, at the end of the day they would have they would have made mistakes along their journeys and if you know uh, if they can help you out and, and and help you avoid those mistakes, without a doubt, you know that will pay itself in dividends, uh, you know, time and time again. And that's something that myself and Nicole do. We we've we've obviously got mentors. Uh, we also are part of a mastermind group. So I would definitely say being part of a mastermind group is another big thing as well. Um, that also helps. So without a doubt, and that's that's something that we've had for a while in terms of surrounding yourself with with like-minded people. And, and, and staying close to the fire because you know the outside world can be can be quite uh, quite a tough place to be when you when you are an investor you know people always tell you what if the what if the economy crashes what if this happens what if that happens and never and been never no, been any different I remember no. buying a house I buying a house oh I don't know twenty plus years ago to flip. And we were met with the same thing then from people. Oh, the property market is going to crash. It's going to do this, going to do that. It's going to do the other. We bought that house. We made 40 grand profit in six months, you know, uh, and that was 20 odd years ago. And it's never changed. It's yeah. always going to be the same. There will always be people there that will doubt. Um, and like anything we do, it's about due diligence. Yes. You know, you've got to be educated. You've got to make sure that you don't just dive into any deal. You've got to make sure that you structure them properly. Yeah, but those deals are. Yeah, you've got to look for them, haven't you? We've got another question here, Wes. Um, it's a bit of a bit of a low baller. Wes, if you had 25k, where would you invest it? Um, so you know what? I'm gonna jump in here and I'm gonna say, you know what, you <laughs> will have to choose your own investing area. 
none of my soulful wares are going to say, you know what, you know what's really good right now is X point on the map. Because you know what, guys, this is business. You're going to have to go out and do your own due diligence. You've got to look for properties that are going to rent well. You're going to look for properties that supply and demand levels are good. And you're going to need to look for properties that, as Wes just stated, you can try and refinance your money back out. Yeah, I mean, Rick, I think that goes on to go back to the point about knowing your area well. And the thing is, time and time again, you see it. You know, if, if you if you know your area well, you know exactly what the you know exactly what the the um, the the end value of your property is done up is. So pulling out the money is never an issue. You know, you can go in there with con confidence and certainty that that particular property in that particular street will achieve X amount at at full at full market value. So. Getting your money out of the deal will never be an issue. Um, you know, answering that question, I would say, you know, look at an area whereby you could potentially get a property, you know, um, for for X amount, but at the same time, with twenty five with twenty five k, you know, it doesn't leave you much in the line of having money to do refurb and things like that. So, I would say you'd be looking in an area where the properties are quite cheap and that you know the rentals are, are half decent. You know, mm -hmm. there's loads of areas around the UK that give that, that that fit that kind of bill. But what I would say is, don't go and dive in. You know, 25k isn't a big pot to start with. So, mate, you, you you need to make sure that I am in my office, <laughs> and the staff don't the, the, the staff don't um, arrive until 10 o'clock. So I just have to get started. <laughs> So, so you do need to know um, your area in and out before you put in that kind of money in because you know 25 grand you do want to make sure that you can get that majority the majority if not all the money back out to then move on to your next deal um so again you know research the areas uh you know if you want to if you want to reach out you know i could i could potentially give you some some pointers um so yeah you know you know you know where to, to find me on facebook or or um, LinkedIn, you know, reach out. I'm, I'm all for helping people. So where's the future lying for you then, Wes? I mean, where, where do you want to be? Have you, have you, you know, I always ask about five questions in one. Have you got a plan of an exit or is it just going to carry on forever? Rick, to be, to be quite honest, you know, currently where we are, um, we're still acquiring properties. We are looking at various other strategies. So we're also looking at commercial to resi conversions. Um, we were looking at serviced accommodation at one point. However, you know, there's a there's a few things that have come out in the latest uh, um, budget, which kind of I think sort of steering people away from that a little bit. Um, but yeah, you know, we we're still acquiring, we're still moving forward. You know, we've I've, I've also um, plowing into to mentoring as well. So that's something that we we're doing actively. Um, again, that's not something that I'm I'm, I'm pushing, but it's you know I, I offer bespoke mentoring. So. So that's something that we're doing as well. But you know, we we just we just carrying on how we have carried on, and we still carry on. <laughs> it's nice to have that um, alternative strategy. You know, we don't talk about buy to lets a lot um, because you know what? It's, it's never been that that sexy strategy. So really great to have you on board today, Wes. Really great to see that you're smashing it with <laughs> buy to let. No folks that are watching this, you know, you can do this in, in, in any strategy. You don't have to pick one. You know, it really depends on what you're looking to achieve in your own individual circumstances. So folks, it is 20 to 10. Uh, I've got some HMO licensing inspections this morning so I'm going to have to rush off. Wes, thank you for coming on the show. Great to have you. So thank you very much, Wes, and uh, I'll speak to you hopefully um, very, very soon. Go Tenant, the revolutionary new property software built by landlords and trusted by tenants.
Go Tenants is your one-stop property management assistant that will take the pain away from your tenant recruitment process and the management of your properties. From advertising your property to maintenance reporting, electronic signatures to full property management software. Stop worrying about double bookings and the hassle of unnecessary admin because Go Tenants is here to enable you to seamlessly run your portfolio from anywhere in the world. Go to gotenants.co.uk to find out more.